Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today, the man who is thoughts become things, Neo-Positivity. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are, and I am in the midst of uh, doing my due diligence with cats today because I'm I'm uh, cat-sitting the cat that Louise got. Uh, in our split, and of course, I got joy as well. So I, I'm in a two cat place today, and and Neil, that sounds fairly easy, except particularly since the breakup, both of these guys are really needy. So the neediness just doubled, and now this is like a real test. How well can I stay high vibe so that their neediness gets laid? <laughs> yeah. You guys disturb the foundation of the amount uh, of the energy intake. They That's right. Today. So now, this adjustment's got to be made. That's it. That's it. We we adjust. We adjust. How's everybody doing out there in video and podcast land? Let us know in the comments what your vibe is like. This year has just started. It has. We're a weekend. And it's like, all right, how's the first week been? You know, this is Friday. The first, right? Is the first Friday of the new year? It is. Yeah. How has your year been so far? How's your year been so far, Walt? Uh, Pretty good. Well, uh, one of the ways that I measure how well my year has started is to see, and now this isn't as much of a, an issue as it used to be back in the day when we did paper checks and so forth, but to see, do I miss writing down the wrong year? Like, so for <laughs> instance, when I, when I publish, I have to put in the right date as, as part of the publication. And I haven't missed yet. I've hit 2023 every single time. So I figure from that point of view, I'm off to a good start. I've always sucked at that. I'm <laughs> writing stuff back in the day with check, writing the wrong date on there. Um, fortunately, I've been cool with all the summit stuff. Neo positivity thoughts become things. Summit. I'm gonna throw the banner up so you guys can see it. it yeah, you got that coming up on the 21st. I mean, that, that's yeah, coming up you know, what, two weeks away. Yep, it's gonna be a Saturday as always, from noon to 4 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, just round campfire atmosphere, mm. just passing the microphone, talking about the law of attraction, co-signing off of each other, meanwhile exchanging. The best law of attraction tips and hints and secrets and lessons that we've learned over the years. I just had a very interesting conversation with a uh, mortgage broker. She has her own real estate school. Her name's Cynthia. And um, talking with her just really made me, it like put the electrodes on me. Like, God, it makes me want to jump up and do it. Cause there's so many people that are into the law of attraction, but yeah. they don't have that daily interaction. Someone right. feeding it back to them, bouncing it off of them. So if you're your only source of law of attraction, you have way less law of attraction in your life than having someone else um, with you. Or that's why I love you that you do the show five days a week, because you can always just hop on there and not catch a rerun, but catch live mm. what's going on. So set your reminders if you have to bug your loved ones to, to get you guys, you need this. You need it coming at you when you're not thinking about it yourself. Yes. That is the key. And that's what I'm really trying to implement into my 2022. So 2023. Great. There we go. <laughs> I manifested being horrible at it already. And I, cause I just, yeah. um, but yeah, get everyone involved. Take advantage of the, uh, of the people around you in that manner because all you're doing is bringing positivity out of them and into the world by the way um i also want to throw the kudos back to neo too because some people may not be aware of this this guy has a daily practice 
he literally retreats to his retreat for two hours every night, every night. Now, not everybody has two hours they can allocate, but live and learn from what he does in terms of the, the frequency of it. He does it daily. And every single one of those days, I mean, tell people what you do. You, you, you do affirmations, you, you journal, you, what, tell us all the stuff that you do, man. You know, it starts with whatever the universe is calling me to do at that moment, but it's either going to be meditation, which is very seldom that I start off with meditation. It usually starts off with some kind of boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, um, I forget what show I was doing not too long ago, but they have this thing where this office right before you go into the meeting, it's like, well, tell me three things that's awesome about me. Right. Right. And you tell me, and it's like, it's kind of like that. Like I'll start off with that. Some things that are awesome about me that really get me going. And I suggest everybody find that about you. I'm a very rare case Mm -hmm. to where I have some truly, truly awesomeness about me. Like, you know, being, being on a SWAT team in the most dangerous city in America, one of the best shots on the SWAT team when I did no background in shooting and just chasing bad guys down dark alleyways in the most dangerous thing. Like, dude, that's badass. And having, having my pilot's license, like stuff like that is just kick ass to me. So I hype myself up immediately with that. And then it's like, okay, where do we go from there? I, I remember asking you off, um, off the show one time very recently about uh, target practice when, when you were still a police officer. And I said, how, how often did you hit the target? And you answered, I missed once. I thought, holy crap. <laughs> one shot, one time. I shot 100%. We have to qualify twice a year. It's a 60-round course. You have to fire 60 shots. You start at five yards, and you move all the way back to uh, 25 yards. Mm-hmm. And um, the last 12 shots are shot at 25 yards. And so, you know, you got to get 80% or higher to stay current, you know, That's to right. be a cop. Otherwise, they take your gun from you until you pass the course. And I shot 100s my entire career, except for one time, one bullet I missed from the 25-yard line. I did that little jerk some people do with their hands, and I learned from that. I never did it again. So that, you know, just stuff like that, pep yourself up. Get feeling awesome about yourself. That's how I started off. And I didn't always start like this. Everybody got to understand, everything I do gets tweaked over and over and over to maximize the moment the vibrational frequency of that moment. So I've learned that starting off at that gets me in a good high frequency. And then I'm like, all right, what does the universe want me to do next? What am I going to do next? And if I have nothing, I go right to proactive manifesting or visualizing, whether it be me at a beach, me in a meeting, I go through in intricate details. I've noticed that if I want to end up in the Bahamas or on a beach or on a vacation somewhere, I'll visualize walking down the hallway to the elevator. Or waiting in the elevator. You know, it's the small stuff you got to visualize too. In addition to putting your toes in the sand, the good times where you're laughing, you're drinking, or you're on a balcony meditating. Full detailed visualization. And the best part about that is the ego does what it does. Mm. It steps in. You're not there. You can't do that. You know what it would take for you to get there. You got to find babysitting. You got to drive, you gotta ride to the airport, and you got to catch the... When the ego comes in and does what it does... I bet I shoo it away like a, like a child's antics is what they call it in the secret. I shoo it away. And then I go back to my scenario. And sometimes the ego will come in and take me down a, well, you got to get milk on the way home. 
And oh yeah, you got to make that phone call, make sure that deals goes through. And it could be a couple minutes before I get back on track, but I wake up, shoot away and get back on track. That's just like meditating. When you're meditating, you're quiet. And then all of a sudden I got to get milk. You shoo that thought away. And when you, every time you do that, you're conditioning your brain, you're working out that muscle to wake up from those negative narratives or any other narratives. So in the process of proactively manifesting that vacation, visualizing that vacation, I'm also working the muscle of shooing away the ego, letting me sit in these beautiful headspace long enough to actually pull it towards me. And then I I go from there, I I bring in family members. Uh, The wall thing, I'm accustomed to giving my dad a Rolls Royce. I do it every night. I do it every night. And it's, for people who don't know what the wall thing is, I'll just explain as briefly as I can. In my mind, my imagination version of my dad, which is totally different from my real dad, because my real dad is flesh and bones, and this one is in my imagination. You know, though I may, may know my dad's mind better than anyone else, I don't. it's still not him. The one that's right. in my mind is slightly different from him. Uh, so for me, for the imagination version of myself, to give an imagination world version of a Rolls Royce to the imagination world version of my father, it's a fact and it's something I could do easily and the ego has to sit down and shut up and let me sit in that ima- and feel great about doing that for him. Yeah. And when you're watering that seed, you're manifesting, you're pulling that future towards you. Things are happening. People are talking conversations. Money's getting exchanged. The next thing you know, you keep watering that seed until it's there. And so doing those type of exercises doing things for different members of my family, meeting people, interacting with people. I've, you know, my favorite artist, meeting them, how that interaction would go. I'm literally just running scenarios until I get tired of running scenarios. And then I'll go put put a song on, a really dope song that lifts me up. And that song puts me in another scenario. And then something might happen. It'll start to get late. I may start to get tired. I'll come in here, I'll lay in my recliner, and I'll meditate. I'll meditate as long as I can, then I'll wake up a half an hour later, and I'll say, mm-hmm. time to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically, you know, that's how it goes. And in the course of those two hours, I'll come up with some profound mental exercise, mm. like like the wall mm. and or, or the watcher exercise or whatever, you know. I'll come up with some mental exercise I've never heard anyone do before. And it just makes sense. Like the universe tapped me on my shoulder and said, Hey, here's your next great exercise. Right. Right. And then that's all of my, uh, videos on like, uh, um, Instagram and TikTok. They all come from between midnight and two in the morning. Some idea I just had of how to visualize that scenario without the ego kicking my back in my main area of practice, be able to say something without the ego stepping up. I love that. And and I want to point out two things. I mean, Neo is perhaps a little unusual in that he is not only willing to, but also able to devote two hours a night, 12 midnight to 2 a.m. That may not be a time frame that works for other people, and you may not be able to do two hours. But even if you can only do 10 to 15 minutes a day, if you're doing it every day, that I mean, you tell me if you think differently, but I think just the repetition of doing it every single day is probably more powerful than even the amount of time you're putting in. Because if you only did that that two hours a day, like once a week or something like that, it, it wouldn't have the same impact. That it that's so important on so many different levels because it takes discipline to do that. Yeah. Okay. And it's which is kind of like the same thing. It's it's a choice to do that. 
and choosing to even wake up throughout the day, smell the roses, look at nature in between every meeting. That's another, that's choice right there that most people don't make. And it's right. one of the hardest choices because you don't, you don't, you don't choose to do it because you're not thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting, meeting, go to the bathroom, eat, meeting, live stream, go to the bathroom. You know, kids got home, homework. Next thing you know, it's nine o'clock at night and you haven't done any mental exercises. Mm-hmm. So choosing to do them is one thing. But if the world's just flying at you a mile a minute, choosing to set an alarm to remind you to do them is another Scheduling thing. Yep. Yeah, and then the alarm goes off and you're so busy. You're like, I'll do it in five minutes. And then you don't ever do it. Choosing to stop what you're doing and yeah. actually do it. So it's all these choices and all this effort has to go in. It really is a lot. But that's what it is. Choosing to have the discipline to do it more often than not. I'm doing that from midnight to two in the morning. And that's the clearest because family sleep all good. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this all day. I get more than eight hours a day doing this. Sure. I do. And I'm constant. I have over 50 alarms that go off. Between my phone and my watch, I'm blown away by that. Fifty alarms. <laughs> You've told me that for months now. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of alarms. <laughs> I said to myself, you know, I'm awake for what, sixteen hours throughout the day, so I should have at least sixteen little alarms. Just, just goes off once. I look at it. It says, appreciate life, appreciate your kids, appreciate your finances. And I said, once an hour isn't enough. Wow. And then it, so it came to twice an hour. Now I got thirty-two alarms. But then I needed more. I don't want to think about the law of attraction once an hour. I want to think about it more than that. Mm. I want it to be my primary focus. I want it to go off in my head between every single meeting, between everything I'm doing. If 60 to 70,000 thoughts on average per day per person, that's what the standard is. Each and every one of them is either taking food off my dinner table, taking money off my dinner table, or adding to it. There's mm. no in between because time doesn't sit still. I'm getting older, and so is that piece of fruit in my refrigerator. There is no sitting stagnant you're either going down or you're going up and so i try to capitalize on all of them so eight hours a day best believe i am proactively making sure my mind is in a better headspace than it was before i woke up and i could be imagining a trip to disney i could literally be thinking about a trip to disney having fun with the family and then wake up and say "Ooh, let me law of attraction this let me make it a unlimited trip to Disney. I'm not there mm. for three days. I'm there for a week mm. with the option to stay for a month because I have that many finances. Yeah. You know, now you're talking about holding this. No matter what Seriously. scenario you're thinking about, mm. you can always make it a little bit better. Right. And so that's, that's why all the alarms go off to remind me to do a mental exercise and keep me in the repetition of whatever thought I'm having when I wake up to this moment, just make it a little bit better. That's very good. Now, um, the topic for today, uh, one that you chose for us to address is mirror exercises, which is yet another process you can do, another, another way you can kind of zero in on how am I feeling, what can I do to refocus myself, what is it I want to attract, and so forth. And, and it's really focusing specifically, uh, for me anyway, uh, different people are going to look at this differently. For me, mirror exercises are focusing on me believing in myself. Because the more that I believe in myself, the more confidence that I have in myself, the more confidence that I have that I really am an attractor, that I actually can make things happen by doing these mental exercises, by, by doing the wall exercise or whatever else that I'm doing, the more confidence that I have, the more that's going to translate to success. Because the confidence is actually going to play into you know really good focus, really good choices, to use the word you were using. Um, 
choice, by good choice, I mean a choice where I actively follow through, where I actually do whatever it is that I'm choosing to do. And when you have the confidence that goes along with it, it's so much easier. It's really hard. It, let's be honest. It's when you're not feeling confident about this stuff, it's hard to do because you're not feeling confident, right? That's, you know what? That's the best part about the mirror exercise. I want everybody, even now, if you have to get up and do it, look in the mirror and say something really confident. I love life or mm-hmm. something. And then look dead into your eyes and say it. And you're going to see something happen. Something's going to pop That's up. Quick and, too. Dang, I just lied. Like I, I really felt good about life, but I could see in my eye, there's a little bit of doubt. There's a little bit of, it could be better. You should be here by now. And that's like the ego kind of doing its thing. And from there, that should intrigue you enough to want to do more mirror work, say more things to yourself. And that's when you're going to start to explore. For me, I looked in the mirror and I vis, I, I'm not even going to say visualize. I felt proactively felt like God was coming to me in that me. Mm. God took over that body in the mirror and I talked to it. Like I was me talking to God wearing my flesh suit in that mirror. Mm -hmm. And when I talked to it, I would get responses, you know, that's good. Uh, I, I like would that. say thank you, and immediately I would hear you're welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, That's I would say cool. you're welcome, and I would hear thank you, and that is what really shook me. Because <laughs> I said to myself, "Well, you know what? If I wasn't thinking, I would not be manifesting." Right. Therefore, we work together in this game. Mm-hmm. You need me to think to produce. <clears throat> future because without me thinking and producing future you're not producing anything you know so so us as people and god we work in tandem in that and so that really made me dive deeper that made me switch the roles the mirror was the earthly version and i was god and i gave me a message and Mm. got one back that's nice and you end up playing all these games while you're looking into your eyes and you end up discovering so much about yourself most people don't want to sit quietly and talk to God and pray because they know their mind is going to go to something negative like that bitch Susie at work <laughs> and they don't want God. They don't want God to hear it. So they, they don't <laughs> talk to God. And it's like, you do know that God or whatever you believe in can hear, you know, is in your mind too. So you're not really hiding anything. So if that's your reason for spending less time there, you should, that's a dumb reason. Cause it can hear your thoughts anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff like this that you discover that opened me up to wanting to talk more, have kind of open up dialogues and have conversations. And I'm not talking about dear God bless aunt Susie. <laughs> the way you're speaking out to the world. I'm talking about a one-on-one conversation. Like if me and you were talking one-on-one conversation. My son walked by, I wouldn't even notice him walk by cause I'm engaged. Right. Have that type of conversation with God. You're talking to a being who is listening as opposed to out to the walls, hoping something's listening. And, and I think what's going to happen too, is that uh, the experience that we have when we look in the mirror is going to be a direct reflection of our own belief system about existential things and about spiritual things. Like That's when you learn. That's when right? you learn really how confident you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you also learn what it is that you really believe too. 
because when I, I remember, the, especially the first few times that I did it, but even after that, when I'm looking in my own eyes in the mirror, I, it's not so much that I have a God experience. It's that I have a deep personal connection experience. That's like God. I say something to my own self in my own eyes and I can feel it inside. Like, oh, I just felt that message. Yeah, I said it, but I also felt it at the same instant. And it's a little disconcerting at first. But after I got used to hearing that and, and experiencing that, I kind of became not dependent upon it, but I came to look forward to it. I wanted to experience it again and and again because it didn't happen right away. At first, it was just me talking in, into the mirror and looking in my own eyes and nothing really there. <laughs> but after a time, I began to feel how I was responding internally. I began to, to, and it's hard to put it into words. It's not like I could say, well, I had this particular experience that was blah, 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 blah. No, it's more like, oh, I felt that. I felt that. Whatever it was I just said, I felt that inside. I wouldn't necessarily be able to express what it was, but I could feel it. And the more that I did it, the more I felt it. And now I felt like, wow, I'm really connecting internally. I'm connecting internally in ways I have never done before. And that, I believe, for me anyway, is where the confidence started to build. Because now I felt like not only was I asking, I was listening. I was doing both at the same time in a way that I had never done for myself before. And that activity made me feel more confident. Why? I'm not really sure. I think because I, I began to realize I'm a part of this experience. I think up until that point, I was kind of discounting myself. I was like the observer, right? I was observing the rest of the world, but I wasn't really here. You know, I was like, oh, there's all this stuff going on around me, but it's not me, you know. I became a part of it. There, that, that is, came in. I think that's such a huge step in growth is removing yourself from watching this movie and being acting this movie, being this movie. So I guess they say life, instead of life happening to you, you're happening to it. Yeah. You know, that's a huge part of it. But for, the mirror thing really kills me because if you think about like the best looking person on the planet, looking in the mirror and hating what they see. Got mm. nothing to do with their face. They're looking in their eyes, mm -hmm. and there's something about looking into your eyes and making a statement. I'm telling you, just look into the mirror and say, "I love life," and you're going to see something you probably don't like. You're going to see a little, little something goes on with your pupil that makes yeah. you say, "Wow, I don't like it as much as I thought I did. Why don't <laughs> I like life? Everything's going great right now." And you start, "Oh well, I'm letting uh, my ego tell me." That I should be here by now, but I'm not. Yeah. Or I should have it to me views by now, but I don't. Cause that's when me, when I look in the mirror and I'm like, dude, things are going amazing. I'm fucking killing it. <laughs> First thing that pops up, how many views you got? Cause th that is my, the most lackingest part in my current goal, uh, career wise is the views, but everything else is through the freaking roof, but it's that one little thing. And and the crazy thing, and the best thing about that is, I guess, I have an answer for that. I know why my stats are the way they are, because that's where I expect them to be. Mm. You know, and it's just like me seeing myself as a billionaire. I will be there one day because the voice, being the voice of the thoughts become things movement just comes with that. That's yeah. changing the world on the scale that's never been done before. But it's very hard for me to see now because I've never been there. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's why I you know, look in all these books for all that other stuff. But that's, that's, that's why it's been my main area of focus this whole time 
is because the ego. Being able to say something and shut the ego up long enough to where you can marinate in it, vibrate at that frequency. Any two things that vibrate at the same frequency will naturally pull towards each other and make it happen. So that's, yeah, that's been my major area of study since the beginning. It's also a great indicator of what it is that we struggle with, because like you said, you know, we, we may put out there, we want X, Y, and Z, but we really don't feel like we have it or, or believe that, it, that we can get it. And of course that has a law of attraction element to it all by itself. But when you do it into a mirror and you get that response, you really get a very firm hand on what it is you really believe in that moment and what it is you're having trouble with. Just the, uh, what the subconscious, they say that you, you don't, you, you can't, you don't know how you feel about something deep down in your subconscious because you can't access your subconscious. You know, like when someone has a small business, they're open and they're like, it's going to do great. It's going to do great. And they're telling their family it's going to do great and portraying all kinds of success. And then opening day isn't as good as they thought. And the statistics and that craft aren't as good. And next thing you know, the business shuts down. Well, that's the thing. They were happy on the outside and they thought they were happy, but deep down buried in their subconscious in the space that they, we cannot access as humans. That that's where the doubt lied. And that's, and that is where everything happens based yes. on your subconscious. So you, you hearing you talk, I'm thinking to myself, this would be the easiest way to really feel that area that we can't access, how we really yeah. feel about something. Look in your mirror, look in your eyes and say it with all the confidence you can. And you'll immediately identify the doubt areas. One of the most powerful things for me when I identify those doubt areas, um, I, I don't necessarily think about them as a, as a doubt area. I think about them as an, a this isn't true area, which is pretty much the same thing. But that it, I just it's kind of a semantic thing, I guess. But I just think of it. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Um, but when I look in my own eyes and I recognize that the, that's not true uh, experience, that enables me in a way that no other process I know of does to appreciate that part of me that's that's struggling so much. I think most of the time we have a tendency to be critical of that. Oh, we have a tendency good. to say, you know, oh, I'm so weak there. I screwed up. I, I fucked up. This horrible thing is going on. But you know, we just go on and on and on. But the real strength comes in appreciating where that came from and loving it and saying, you know what? I accept the way it is right now. Because when you can do that, that's when the power comes in. And all of a sudden, you start to feel like, well, maybe I can start to believe. Maybe I can start to change my mind in that regard. Maybe I can start to see possibilities I wasn't seeing before about that thing, whatever that thing is that I feel like has been holding me back. It's the appreciation that allows us to change that. Uh, getting to the root of things, you know, I like to break stuff down, go deeper, deeper, deeper to try to solve it all. Uh, I just want to say that because I struggle, I, I felt this way too. I was wondering what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Why do I keep thinking that? Why do I keep doubting that? Why do I keep thinking that? Just blame it on society and walk with it. Just, just blame it on society. Society's got well. us trained to think that way and we need to get out of it because it's going to come. Those type of thoughts are going to come and you're going to have to say, well, that's just the way I was programmed. Time to reprogram. Mm -hmm. Just like iPhone come out with updates. We need to come out with updates. Yeah, too. yeah it's true. And sometimes <laughs> it's a whole framework redo. 
Sometimes it's not just let's update picture quality. They're going to upgrade the whole system. Yeah, and every time they upgrade, upgrade. Every time they do the upgrade with the iPhone, everybody loves it. Mm. Upgrade all this. Yeah. Upgrade all. Make the choice to sit down. If you're going to spend an hour a day in a gym, you should spend an hour a day in this gym. So do you remember the first time you did mirror exercises? Do you remember what your response was? Because I remember what my response was. My response was, oh, God, this is hideous. I can't do it. But what was yours? I've. It's funny because I've always been able to get almost any girl I want. I'll just say it like that. And I, I'm okay. not trying to be arrogant because I have lower self-confidence than most. Um, and I'm working on that. I So I avoided the mirror a lot. I only, my whole life, I only got in a mirror to get ready mm-hmm. to make sure that this line above my mustache is even with this line yeah. and this line and the shirt, never looking at this more than I have to. Yeah, it's I, didn't, I didn't like what I saw mm. here. And I knew... I wasn't going to like when I saw if I looked into my eyes in the mirror. That was always mm. freaky. Like growing so up, I felt like, I felt like that version of me was going to jump out and grab me by the collar. So I, I don't, I didn't do that anyway. Cause all the, I used to like, I used to watch a lot of scary movies. I always liked scary movies and zombie movies. Um, I won't touch a dead body. I don't go near them cause I don't think my graduate, we jump and grab you. Um, so I don't, didn't do the eyes because of childhood movies and I didn't do the face because of self esteem, uh, self hate, whatever. Um, but like I said, the statistics prove that I could go into the bar and probably get the baddest girl in there, but I still couldn't wrap that up. And so when I first, uh, when I first started doing the mirror exercises, it was just tough to do, but I knew I wasn't, it had nothing to do with my physical appearance. When I first did a mirror exercise, I went in with the attention of seeing what the heck was going on in these pupils. And the reason why I first did it, and I think one of my one of my best friends, I have to thank her for this. She told me that she didn't like to to she didn't like to look in the mirror because she didn't like what was coming at her. She didn't like to see that what was going on in her eyes. Uh, she was doubting herself when she said, and I said, "Hmm, I'm pretty confident in." The fact that my life is the bomb, you know, because I was, I, you know, I was retired, doing what I want every day, you know, living how I want. I didn't have half the body pains that I have now. And I said, I want to look in the mirror and say, I love life. Things are going great. And I want to see what happens. And um, this is what really had prompted it was a, it was pictures. We were talking about pictures online. And, you know, you see somebody smiling in the picture and they got a big smile. But something in their eyes is fictitious. Mm-hmm. Something in their eyes, they're not really happy right now. Yeah. And I could see that. And I said that to some, I had said that to her, and that's what started it. She was like, I'm happy. I'm happy. And I said, I don't know, man. That last picture you posted, what are you talking about? I'm happy. And that's how everything kind of spawned. And so, yeah, the first time I looked in the mirror, I went in there knowing I was going to bypass the face because I know where that was going to take me. Same place is always taking me. I was going to go straight into the eyes. I was going to say something and listen to what it said back. So I went in with a specific goal Mm. and that's what it was. I love life, but this could be better. (laughs) That's what my my pupil said to me. This could be better. That could be improved. (laughs) 
<laughs> you should be there by now in this area. So this is a reason to not appreciate life completely to the 100% extent that you're trying to do right now, looking into the mirror. And I said, you little sucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, not only are you in the back of my mind when I'm walking around trying to be confident, but you exist in my pupils as well. And that's where I said, oh, no, I need to dive into this. Hmm. And I was like, I wonder if people are writing books about this. And uh, I never even did like kind of research that because I've just been researching. I like to do my own research first. Mm-hmm. That way, when I go read a book and someone's saying the same thing, I says, I, I, I drew that conclusion myself. Yeah, and there you go. I'm on the right track, you know, keep doing the things I'm doing as far as uh, researching things in the format that I research. So, yeah, I'm still a work in progress with that, but I haven't really heard of any books that are keying in on that. I, I can't think of any that have done exactly that where they're telling you what, what goes on during a session. What I will tell you is this, and you kind of cued it in my mind with what you were just saying there. When I first started doing mirror exercises, before I did the first one, I think I honestly believed that everyone else would do fine with it, but I couldn't. That no one else would have the same kind of problem that I would have. No one would have the same kind of resistance that I would have. And it turns out to be exactly the opposite. Yeah. But that's what I thought. I thought like, you know, I'm just, you know, everybody else is better at it than I am. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the few who really can't do it. There might be a few others like me, but most people could do it just easily. And when you I know found out that wasn't true, it actually helped <laughs> because, oh, okay. I'm not the only one. <laughs> For me, it was the whole looks thing because I seen beautiful women hate what they see. Mm. I knew people were going through it before I even tried. Mm, okay. So it was just like if every woman I know beats herself up way worse than all the men I know. I think it's just in their nature. No, I think um, the men beat, beat themselves up too. They just don't show it. Oh, they do. They do. Um, but like, yeah, the women get bad at it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'm fat and I'm ugly. I'm like, you're 110 pounds and you're on the cover of a magazine. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's not accurate. And um, yeah, that really led me down a foxhole that that is this whole mirror exercises. And, you know, Still to this day, uh, you guys, you and Debbie, uh, something we had done on a show had me really, really get to the point where I, I mean, me and you, I think we had that kind of breakthrough, break, breakthrough in like the same month where it was like, I'm able to say I love you in the mirror. And really, oh, right. I remember that. Yeah. Really, yeah. But it was right after a show we had did. I had right. gotten the mirror and I had gotten its face. Like we were going to have, like you probably thought I was a crazy man if you was, <laughs> if you was a fly on the wall. Um, but I got so much clarity out of that. And I was able to make, I said, I told you guys, I was able to make the ugliest face I can make in the mirror. And I was just, I was laughing at how much I loved me. I love that face that I can make. I loved yeah, every part of feeling. It is, it is. And I got to tell you, most things with the law of attraction, I always say it's not like a black belt. Once you get it, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Like enlightenment, you don't get enlightened in it's yours. It's a state of mind that you're in and out of. And most of the things in the law of attraction are like that. But I haven't really bounced back to the old me since nice. we had that breakthrough. Wow, nice. You know, I every now and then I I, I might make a face that I'm like, ooh, don't make that in public. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to make it in public, but I still love it. You know, I still love what I can do. I, I can say with a great deal of confidence that this whole mess up in my own life that I experienced where Louise and I broke up transition. Um, okay. Whatever you want to transition in your life. To me, it felt like everything messed up. I mean, that's just the way I I, I felt about it. But 
I also knew that there were three things that helped me to get through. Well, two things, really. I, I, I'll, I'll break it down into two things. One was tremendous support from friends like yourself. I, I reached out to the people who I knew I could trust, and they, they came through like champions. It was fabulous. But the other thing that really worked was all these different processes I picked up over the years. And one of them is the mirror exercise. Now, I was not actively doing mirror exercises while I was in the midst of it. But what I had previously done with mirror exercises had given me the confidence that I needed so that when I was faced with this massive test, I knew I could get out of it. As painful as it was, as horrible as it was, as depressed as I was, I knew because of that prior experience that I could climb out and I could climb out as quickly as I was willing to do the work. And that that did more for my mindset than anything else. Because you know as well as I do, if you if you don't really have foundation built up it can be really challenging to get in the mindset and it was still challenging even with what i was going yeah through. even with a solid foundation it could be very difficult yeah but that foundation made a difference it made it was the difference between me getting through 80 percent of it in four days versus what would happen with most people where they'd get through 80 percent of it in four months yes and that's 120 days yeah a long freaking time it is lots of hours that's Confidence is everything in life. Mm. And that be it, if you're confident you're going to lose, that's what's going to happen because of your confidence. Right. You're confident you're going to make it through something um, faster because you have a solid foundation. You've been doing this show long enough with enough guests and enough people to know, listen, as much issues we've talked about on this show, I got, I'm equipped for this. I'm well equipped for this. Yeah. And that's what got you through, man. That's what got you through. Like we did. did what we did talking to you on the phone and I was happy to be a part of it. But that confidence right there is what got, is, is what really played it. Because we could have gave you, we could have said all the best things in the world. You could have got Tony Robbins on the phone and Mother Teresa and Gandhi. And if you were in the headspace of this is going to take four months. Or if I was in the headspace that, well, they can do this. I can't. Or if I was in the headspace of, I don't really know how to do this. Or if I was in the headspace of, that's way too far for me to reach. Or if, if I was in any of those headspaces, any of that would have stopped me. So the foundation was confidence, man. Exactly. Confidence in every beam of that house, of everything. Because every, every, you know me, I call them thought foundations. Every single thought you have has a different foundation. That's right. Based on the conclusions you drew, I drew one second ago. And now one second ago. So... Each thought has its own foundation. Don't think you're just 100% solid and it's going to be like that forever. It's like jogging. You have to work at it every day. You know, do these mental exercises every day and practice more. Practice waking up every day for the rest of your life. It's just going to be there. Accept mm-hmm. it and move on. Mm-hmm. But the reward is the ability to create your future. And when you run into a crisis, to get through the crisis quickly. That that's almost bigger. It is. I mean, the future is great if it's you know the future you want and you get there. Wow, that's excellent. Crisis is now. (laughs) Immediate, yeah. And when that crisis hits, so many of us just kind of roll up into a ball, emotionally speaking, because we don't have the tools. We don't know how to deal with it. So when you know how to deal with it, when you know what you can accomplish, when you know what's possible for you, and you you're willing to actually stretch yourself and risk it and say, Oh God, I got to do this. Cause I don't want to feel like this pain anymore. Boy, is that worthwhile to have done the work that got you there? 
You know what? I mean, I that, and that's what the mirror work really does. The mirror work is wonderful for a lot of different things. I really think the biggest thing it does is it helps you build the confidence. I think it does that better than any other process that I've ever encountered. I mean, you tell me different if it's true for you, but I, oh, I no. think that it has done more for my self-confidence than anything else I've ever done. 100%. 100%. And that is why I think that models spend – you get out what you put in. If you're mm-hmm. a model and you spend eight hours a day in front of the mirror, it makes sense. You're manifesting. You looking at you, people looking at you, talking about your looks, da-da-da. Same thing with the Arnold Schwarzenegger was practicing acting, acting four to six hours a day. Mm. He would practice, 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 mm. practice, and he became one of the biggest actors on the planet. He did. You know, The Rock does the same thing: six hours in a gym, four hours working on acting. He didn't just wow. stop. He's taking acting classes. Um, the comedians, all of them, they talk about going into uh, random spots, like Kevin Hart. He'll mm-hmm. go to a random comedy club and just say, hey, can I take the stage for an hour and try new material? People don't see that. They think he just gets on stage and wows people. He's trying material and he's scrapping more than half of it, just like all the rest of it. You know, you got to spend time in your craft and no matter what you do. Um, I wanted to touch on that uh, pain. We were talking about the, um, what was the word we, we were using for like, when the traumatic incidents happening right now, what were you calling that? Well, we were using a lot of them, but basically <laughs> it was not happy and not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Pain is that pain is that thing. When you get last night, I had a weird Charlie horse in my tricep down here that I never really? had before. It wouldn't go away. And it was a moment of panic. Like, yo, this is not going away. What the hell's mm-hmm. going on? I can't go to a hospital talking about my arm is cramping. <laughs> uh, like I, and, you know, if I take Tylenol, Advil is going to take about 45 minutes to kick in. Like, this is like really bothering me. That is the weirdest stuff I've ever felt before. Um, crisis is what we were saying. That's the word. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. When, when you hear us talking about crisis, I don't want you to just think about when your grandma's in the hospital. When do you think about any crisis? My mm. back just started hurting. Like I ain't never felt it before. And this is bullish. Like, what do I do? Situations like that and breathing techniques. See it, see it as look, this temporary is about to go away. It's about to fade away. Okay. I'm good. This isn't forever. Whatever you got to do to get out of that space mentally. I don't just use it for these super duper situations. Crisis can be small or big. I just really wanted to sure. put a lot of emphasis on that. You're, um, you're reminding me of something. Um, there were, there was a number of years ago where I was tending to cramp up at night in my leg or in my foot. And so I would have to do the trick of, you know, you get up and you stand on a hard, cold floor and, and all that kind of thing. But that was waking me up and getting me out of bed. And I was thinking, this isn't good. I mean, it's happening too often. What can I do to change this? Well, I did a little reading. And first thing I learned was, well, you got to be hydrated enough. If you're cramping too much, you're not hydrated enough. I said, okay, so I'm going to start engaging in a program of making sure I drink more and more water every day. And that helped. That helped quite a bit. But I would still cramp up sometimes. And I'd still be waking up in the middle of the night and you know, be moaning, oh, my God, what, what, what's it going to take for me to stop waking up in the middle of the night just because I got this stupid cramp? How can I stop getting the cramps? How can I deal with it? And then one day I was basically meditating on it. I was meditating on give me, you know, universe, send me a solution, download something to me. And the message I got was stretch your foot. I said, what do you mean stretch my foot? Like stretch it, point, point your toes toward yourself. I said, I can't do that. He said, yeah, I know, but just, just try to do it anyway. Do it as far as you can. I said, okay. So the next time I started to cramp, I did that. 
and the cramp immediately went away. I didn't have to get out of bed. I didn't have to go drink the water. I didn't have to do anything. Just doing that one thing made the cramp go away. So the combination of doing the physical thing, which was get the water, make sure I'm staying more hydrated, combined with going with what this download told me to do, I don't ever have to get up in the middle of the night and get a cramp out of my leg. If I feel it starting, I mean, within seconds, I, I can be half asleep. And my and in half asleep, my, my toe will curl upward and the cramp will go away and I go back to sleep. Nice. That's, dude, you said, I had to write it down, download something to me. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you direct, can downloads. A direct request mm-hmm. from Source Energy. And yeah. it's not like God bless Uncle Timmy. No. It's more of an order. Like, listen, we have this suggestion, really. Just, just do yeah. it. You know, but it like, was like, the reason why I say order, it's like, you know, try this. It was that confidence. Kind of yeah. It was, it wasn't like, please, will you? It was, yo, download me this information. I need it. I need this. Like, yo, hook me up real quick. And it's less baggy. And when you get less baggy with it, you get more expectation out of it. And that's deep down, buried deep, subconscious. I expect you to answer because, you know, that's how we work. I ask you, I ask questions, you answer. When you come at it like that, again, that's that confidence that you're going to get an answer and you got the answer. The proof is in the pudding, man. The proof is in the pudding. It is. I I have a friend who um, I had a conversation with her yesterday and uh, she's been listening to the podcast for a while. And she asked me, how is it, you know, are, are you like writing your questions down in advance or how, <laughs> how are you asking all your questions and so forth? And so I told her, well, I basically have three things that I do. The, the first one, like if I'm not, if I don't really have a, a question available and I need a quick way to get one, I'll just take the last thing you said, the last sentence that you said, and I'll pick up one topic from there. It doesn't even have to be the, the thing that you said, just like you, you use the word crisis. So, so let's say you use the word crisis in the last sentence. I'll just take that word crisis and I'll turn it into a question. So, okay, that's cool what you said about crisis, Neil. You know, but, but when you run, when you encounter a crisis, what do you do? That, that's what I do. I ask a question like that. So that's my first technique. My, my second technique is actually not really a technique. It's more like listening to what's going on in the conversation and being really curious about something that comes up. So I'll kind of make a mental note and like, well, okay, I got it. As soon as Neil's done, I got to yeah. ask him yeah. this thing. You know, so that's, that's why, that's why the, I'm always writing. Cause halfway through you talking, I got my next <laughs> right now. I want to know what you meant by that. That, yeah. So those are the the two more practical ones. But the third one's the fun one. Because the third one is the one, I only do this when I'm feeling really good, which is most of the time during the show, because we're usually high vibe. Um, But not always. I'm not always feeling it. So, but the third one is, I didn't really hear anything in that last sentence that I wanted to latch on to. And I don't really have anything that I picked up over the last part of the conversation. So the third one, when I'm really feeling it, when I'm daring, when I'm, Daring myself to just accept the download, I'll say, okay, universe, send me something. And it's my turn to talk and I'll open my mouth and I'll wait for something to come out, which is scary as hell. <laughs> but you know what? It always comes always out. And, and the really freaky thing, I remember the very first time I did this too. It was back a few years back when Joel Elston was a regular on the show. I did it with him. And when it came out, I, it was almost like, I won't say that somebody had taken over my body. It wasn't that, but my conscious mind was not creating it. So it was like it was coming from inside me somewhere else. I wasn't sure exactly where. And I wasn't even sure that it was coherent or lucid or made any sense. 
So it was one of those rare circumstances where I actually went back later on, replayed that part to see, did that make any sense? Did it sound <laughs> like anything? And I was amazed to find not only did it make sense, it was actually profound. It's profound. That's the, that's Holy how crap. <laughs> dude, that's how every single live stream and my summit. So many people ask me, where's your outline for the summit? How's it going to flow? Yeah. What questions are you going to ask? Are you keying in on anything? And it's like a blank sheet of paper. I don't go in. I go into my, I'm going to talk for the next four hours with a group of people. And we, we just going to kick it. Mm-hmm. Because if we were all four of us or six of us were sitting at a table, just talking about the law of attraction, playing cards, you know, having a couple of drinks, it would just be a conversation. That wouldn't, I wouldn't need a list of cue cards, <laughs> you know? And I, my first show off the bench when I, you know, when I was doing it for Comcast back in Jersey, I used to use cue cards mm. and you know, that just wasn't me. Yeah. It just wasn't me. So yeah, I go in blind. Most of my, most of my questions are for what you just said. However, if you talk for three minutes, I'm going to have three topics and I'm going to forget <laughs> about the first two. And while I'm trying to remember the first two, I'm going to forget about the third because I'm also listening to you. <laughs> And then I get to the end and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I just let the universe take over. I guess the stream of David uh, take over and just. Well, it's a stream of Neo in that case. <laughs> there you go. And it's just profound. It'd be some good stuff. Like, yo, I don't, I don't know where that came from, but that's my next reel. Isn't you know, that that's my though? next reel. Because you, you, you'll kind of play it back. You say, wow, I said that. Yeah. That's, there's, and you know what? I want to go back and I actually did it. My last post on Instagram was an audio I pulled from one of our shows. Oh, really? And so now I'm like, anytime I give a good 60 second rant, I'm, I'm using that as a reel, but I very rare. I talk for less than 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to learn how to tighten that up. But you know what? I do want to hit you with this and, and we can get into it more when I have it fully. The wall has been exceeded. Oh, exceeded. How do you mean by exceeded? It's, it's been trumped. Okay. I've, I've taken it to the next level and it's I'm not talking level. about Donald. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I was here in this room and, um, basically I talked about the, I touched on the wall exercise briefly for everybody who doesn't know. If I'm going to see a, a Lamborghini, as mine, my ego's gonna step in and say, no, you don't, not yet. You don't have that, you know what it would take to get that. However, if I was to see, I consider the wall in front of me in this room, on the other side of that wall, I just see that as imagination land. And if I put an imagination land Lamborghini over there and say that Lamborghini is sitting there and it's mine, the ego kind of has to shut up because that imagination land ego is mine. I do our Lamborghini, I do own it, it is mine. And I like to see myself as the more time I spend thinking about that Lamborghini, I'm pushing it, pulling it towards the wall. It'll penetrate through the wall and it'll eventually be my physical reality. And and the key to that, I want to make sure we hit the key. The key is it doesn't really matter whether it's in physical reality. It is real in the imagination land. And that's the key part. That's where the ego shuts up and lets you sit with that stack of hundreds that's sitting right there on the floor on the other side of that wall. Uh, It's yours already. You can appreciate having it in that imagination world. And that's beautiful because you have unlimited funds and unlimited resources in the imagination world. What I had done was I took that Lamborghini and the trailer and the truck and all the different stuff I wanted. And I applied it to an old mental exercise I do called amazon.com, 
where it's already ordered. Okay. I've already paid for it. I've already done everything I need to do to get that. It's just in the mail. Because that's what I love about Amazon. You paid for it. You've done everything you could possibly do to get that here. All you can do now is wait. Mm -hmm. But while it's coming, this is the second part, while it's on its way, I can fully live in and enjoy what I'm going to do with it. Okay. Like when I ordered my Oculus, my, my VR goggles, it was taking a couple of days to get here. And I'm like, oh man, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And there was no egoic, no, you're not. You don't have it yet mm. because it was on its way. Yeah. There was no, you got to get the money to pay for that. I already paid for it. Mm. There's nothing that I could do but wait and enjoy waiting as much as I can. And so I started, I knew I, I've always known I had to find a way to apply that feeling and that emotion to the Lamborghini and the, the stardom and all the other stuff that comes with being the voice of the Thoughts Become Things movement. But this was different. I was able to sit in it. I was able to look at Mother Nature or Ashira or God or the universe, whatever you want to say. And I was, and I'm like, I'm like this, just, I'm just like this. I know that I think the more I think about it, it's coming. No payment, no people, no nothing. All that is the little middleman that's going to happen to get it here. So when I place that order, I can literally just sit back and enjoy it coming just like a package. And every since I've done that, it's been about four, five, six days now. Probably this, this might be day five or six. I have not, all of my dreams, aspirations, goals, I haven't been working on them like I was before. All the visualizing and all this other stuff that I was doing, no, it's in the you didn't need to anymore. It's in, yeah, there's nothing else I gotta put into this. I call them energy dollars. Every okay. second you're spending on a, a problem or a gift, you're giving it one energy dollar. Not every second, but every moment, you're giving that gift one energy dollar. Okay, I've paid all the energy dollars into that Lamborghini that I have to. Now it's just on its way. And since it's on its way, I can think about all the different places I'm going to go with it. And, you know, I'm going to flex and, you know, I'm gonna meditate with it. And, you know, how it's going to look. I can do all that. And the ego is no bearing. It's sitting back in the corner playing cards. It doesn't, it's not even paying me any attention at this point. And that's what I want. You don't want an ego that, like, I always compare it to the wild. You see a whole crap load of buffalo, right? Grazing, eating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And every now and then you see a pile of hyenas, a pile of lions, a pile of cheetahs way off. And can you imagine trying to eat your meal knowing that there's a predator <laughs> hundred yards away that's waiting for one of y'all to slip up? That is a mm -hmm. horrible way mm -hmm. to live. And I kind of think of the ego like that, just sitting back, waiting for you to say something wrong, like I love life or or I have a lot of money so you can say, well, actually you only got and show you your bank <laughs> statement. Like it's like waiting to, to kick your back in. And with this exercise, it's not even paying me no mind. It's, uh, it's in it, the corner. Really important thing to acknowledge here. The Amazon that you're talking about is the imaginary Amazon. It's not the one that's actually over in California or wherever it is. It's the the one that's behind the wall, the one you imagine. It, it's kind of like what you were talking about, the difference between your father and your imaginary father. In this case, it's the difference between the Amazon and the imaginary Amazon. So because it's the imaginary Amazon, you can basically say anything you want about, well, yeah, it's on order. Yeah, it's being delivered. You can even imagine the route, and it's true because it's the imaginary one. I've took it a step further, and I say, you know what, conversations. 
meeting people. Oh, I already ordered that. She's mm-hmm. on its way. And you can apply that being healthier, eating healthier, mm-hmm. living a healthier lifestyle, improving a relationship. I've ordered that. That relationship mended. It's on its mm-hmm. way. I don't know how it's going to get here. I don't care what truck delivers it to what truck to get it to my front door. I just know it's coming. And that's it. And because when you say it's coming any other way, the ego steps in and says, well, you haven't paid for it yet. Eh, what's mm-hmm. going to take for you to get that money? When you think about it this way, mm-mm. This is me and this is me and the universe. Me and the universe way stronger than any type of paper dollar, currency, thought process, government, standings, proceedings, paperwork. Me and the universe, when I order stuff, it just delivers. Mm. I don't care about the middleman. And and it all now I'm thinking about it, it helps me pull back from the middleman as well. Yeah, How's sure. it gonna get here? Who do I gotta talk to? Oh, I gotta go to this next convention and meet whoever I gotta meet to get me to the next area of my life. Nah, I'll just place the order. Well, we have a Facebook user in the live stream who posted a note that said, and then gratitude that it is meant for you. That, that's, that's what I was talking about. When you're, mm-hmm. and when I order a remote control airplane off any website in the, in the days that it takes to get to me, and I'm like, man, I'm like envisioning myself flying it. That mm-hmm. smile, that feeling is pure gratitude for my life experience with this object mm-hmm. in that moment. It hasn't mm-hmm. come yet, but it feels like it's happening right now. That's how happy I am for it. That's how thankful I am for it. Gratitude. Gratitude and confidence are the two keys to life. Confidence in your ability to get things, whether it be a relationship or just a meal, and the appreciation for it before you get it. It's easy to appreciate something after you got it. It's easy. It's there. But to appreciate it when it's eluded you for 10 years? Ooh. And if you're having trouble appreciating it before it's eluded you, try appreciating it after you've gotten it. That's the other part that people screw up on. They get stuff and then they don't appreciate it. Like yeah. the, the perfect opportunity to practice getting that appreciation muscle built up. And what do you do? You don't do the exercise. I mean, come on. It's right there. It's waiting. Just I call myself the, uh, it, look, it's written on the back of my business card. The thoughts become things, King. I'm also the king of that. <laughs> I'm also the king of getting some stuff and then forgetting to appreciate it. Um, just like so many little toys. I'm like, I want that. I want that. I want that. I order it. Oh, my God. It's coming. And I get it. I put it on a nightstand where it belongs. And then I walk away. And it's like, that's another, it's just another manifestation that I can appreciate. Because I order a lot of stuff at Amazon, and no, I'm talking the real world Amazon, not the imaginary one. When the real one comes, I don't care what it is. Like I, I ordered cat food, so I got cat food delivered. I'm trying to remind myself, oh, be grateful for the fact that the cat food arrived. I need more of that. Oh my goodness, my life. Ugh. I do need to be more thankful. I have the confidence part down as far as my ability to manifest. I'm, I, I think I'm the best manifester in the world. Uh, even, and, and even though I haven't manifested the two big things, I know why, you know what I mean? I know exactly why. And, and I haven't been working on it. So I, sh- it should be exactly where it is. But my confidence in that is the bomb, the gratitude portion. I got to work on that. It's like anything else. It's a habit that we have to develop. And when we don't develop it, we experience the consequences that come from not developing it. And when we do developing de- develop it, it's like anything else we do chronically. It becomes easier. I've, I've, 
in the past four or five days that I've been doing this next exercise, I find myself, and I'm going to say specifically in the morning and before I go to my bedroom at night, in this like state of bliss, like, God, I love this thing called life. Like that mentality, like, yo, this is just, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, and that's great, great appreciation. That is, that's my gratitude. That's the gratitude I'm constantly giving off. I, and I, but I want to, I want to get to the other one. I want to be specifically saying thank you. Not just, I love this car. Thank you for this car. I love this life. Thank you for this life. Cause it's two different notions. They're both a form of gratitude, but one is a statement of how much I like something. The other one is thank you for giving it to me. Mm, good point. Yeah. You know, now you're having that direct conversation with source, with God, yes. with universe. Now you're having a direct conversation. I was talking about to happen in the mirror. As opposed to just, I love this saying it outward for the world to hear. It's totally different. It's a totally different way of talking and you get better results when you're having that conversation. It doesn't even matter what words you're saying, really. What matters is, are you experiencing that exchange with that internal being or are you simply experiencing it with the external world? Yeah. The, the, the difference is in where's the vibration emanating to? Not where it's emanating from. Where is it emanating to? From It's coming from you, but where is it going? Is it going out into the external world? Nothing wrong with that. But is it also going internally? Powerful. That's where real power comes in. I would say like this. If you sit in an empty room and you say whatever, good gratitude words out loud, I like to think of it as reaching as far as my voice reached. Okay. And when I'm comparing it, because normally I think of it reaching the universe, all the way to the edge of the universe, and then come back. But in comparing it to talking directly to source, I would I would compare that. I would say I'm only reaching as far as my voice sounds. Because when you're saying it directly to source, you get faster results, better results. One of my best, best exercises is a watcher exercise, which is simply feeling yeah. source watching you. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge huge component of having that direct conversation versus just saying it out loud. Like impact wise, I would say saying it out loud compared to talking directly to sources. It's only going as far as your voice. Something else that we, I don't have time to go into because we're past our one hour mark. We talked do. about it a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy. I know, but uh, we talked about it earlier in the week, another episode. So I'll, I'll refer listeners back to those episodes for greater detail, but there's a book that my sister gave me for Christmas that was written in the 1980s called the secret life of plants. And the big takeaway that I have from that book right now is the ability of plants to detect what their caregiver is experiencing when the caregiver is hundreds of miles away and to experience it at the instant that the caregiver is experiencing this. And they have all kinds of tests that have shown, you know, they, they do actual wow, tests and see if that works and it actually does work. And I'm reminded that what that's basically telling me is, in this case, we're doing it through plants, but literally the entire universe everywhere, not just immediately around you, but everywhere is emanating what it is that you're putting out at all times. Now it's doing it for everybody else too, but that doesn't mean your signal's getting lost in, in exactly. the whole mess. It's not getting lost at all. And, and, and probably the biggest thing we can do is to recognize that signal that we're always putting out. Because we always put out a signal one time, one way or another, positive, mm -hmm. negative, I don't care what it is. That signal is carrying everywhere. And we're tuning I like for that because it reminds me of just how powerful we, we really are beyond our usual ken, beyond our usual 
ability to believe. We really do have power going out in all directions. We're, in a, we're kind of in a sense like, you know, the two-year-old who got behind the, the wheel of a, of a real car and is steering all over the place while the car is going all over the highway and people are going crazy and so forth. You know, we're like that kid who hasn't learned how to drive yet. We're trying to learn how to drive the darn car. And, you know and until we do, we're, we're, we're like dangerous. <laughs> but once we start to recognize that we really do have that level of power, it gives us, first of all, a sense of responsibility. Like, oh, wow, I really do need to take control of that steering wheel. And it also gives us a sense, once again, of what we get from that mirror work of confidence. Like, oh, wow, I am confident. I've got this power. I may not have totally learned how to use it yet, but man, there's no limit to how much I can do. I am so am I accurate in saying that we are self aware tuning forks that aren't always self aware. That's a sometimes, good way of saying it. I like that. A lot of times we're on autopilot. Yeah. We all, kind of, a lot of times we receive well, I wouldn't say receive. But I like the tuning forks, man. That's good. It. That's really all good. Right. That's too, you can wrap us up on that. <laughs> well, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, this has been a great conversation about mirror exercises and, and tell us again, uh, the thoughts become things summit. It's on January 21st, which is two weeks from tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Uh, neo positivity thoughts become things. summit is, uh, January 21st from noon to 4 PM open campfire type atmosphere, lightning rounds, panel discussions, the best law of attraction information that I could possibly put together is going to be displayed. For everybody. So bring your notepads, tell as many people as you can about it because you're helping us spread the message. And I'll see you guys there. Walt, hopefully Walt's going to step in and bless us. I'm going to try to drop in. Yeah. And I know a couple of people who've been on the show are going to be dropping by too. So you're going to have quite a, a crew there that day, I'm sure. Nice. Yes. Speaker cameos. I like speakers that come up. Give me an update, your latest exercise, whatever we can get from everybody. And I try to keep, so I try to keep as low speakers as I can. I was supposed to only have four speakers, but I think I have like eight now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always more than that. <laughs> just end up meeting people and you're like, Oh my goodness, your information is so solid. Come on in. And, yeah. um, yeah, so it's going to be a great time. I, I, I look forward to seeing you all there. I'm looking forward to it too. And of course we got to do our shout out to our friend Debbie G who's still healing, getting better and better and better. Voice isn't quite there, but she'll be joining us. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's joining us sometime by the end of this month. I mean, that, that's not something I know for sure, but call it a prediction. That, that's my guess of what's going to happen. So Debbie G, we're thinking about you and thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>